right, so this is a very, very special episode that we're going to be talking about today because if you are a real estate agent, you have to know this piece of information. This is probably, and I'd say arguably, one of the most important pieces of information that you can ever have being a real estate agent. You want to know what it is? First, I'm happy to give it to you, but first I'm going to ask for you to, to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and please hit the notification bell because it makes me feel really good deep down inside. And as a, um, a thank you, I'm just going to put a picture of me wake surfing. Look at how cool that is. I really appreciate it. So Miami's great, by the way. Wake surfing is one of my favorite things to do in the whole world, but we're not going to talk about that today on this podcast. What we're going to talk about is you being the ringleader, you playing the quarterback in every single deal, every single interaction that you have. So I'm going to unpack this. We're going to unpack it. I know this is the broker that never sleeps podcast. We're going to unpack so many key uh, nuggets of wisdom today. You're going to love it. The broker that never sleeps.com is our website. You could check us out. You can see all of our podcasts there. We're also all over YouTube. Um, as you can see, you're probably watching it on YouTube right now. Okay. So what did I just say? I just said that the most important thing that an agent can have is the mentality that he or she is the quarterback of the deal, the ringleader. What I mean by that is you cannot, if you're ever doing any sort of deal, you can never take anything for granted. I'll give you one clear example. And I learned this early in my career. One of my mentors when I was first in the business always told me to think about what can go wrong. Every single step of every single deal, you just have to ask yourself, what could go wrong? Now, it's not from a place of like, oh my God, this can go wrong. And then like you focus on it and then it happens and you're like, oh my God, I jinxed it. It's more like when you're in a commission-based industry, you want to always say, okay, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're making an offer here, but what can go wrong, right? What could go wrong is we don't win. Somebody else gets another offer, for example. And then as we're going and we start to get the sense of it and we feel it, then we start to, to, to say, all right, how are we going to communicate this to our buyers, right? So it's more of an anticipation mechanism, which will help you as you get deeper and deeper into deals. So this, this mentor that I had, they also taught me a very important thing. It's called, whenever you go into a deal, you want to have uh, your belt and your suspenders on. What does that mean? So not only do you have your suspenders, right, but you also have your belt. So that means that if you ever get caught with, let's just say your belt doesn't work, your belt breaks, but you still have your suspenders that are holding your pants up, right? If your suspenders ever break, but your belt is fastened securely, your pants are still up. You're never going to get caught with your pants down. So that's one of the ways that I like to operate. I always think, what can go wrong? I'm the quarterback of this deal. I'm the one who's going to be making this deal happen. Okay? and I always going to have a belt and suspenders. So that means I always have a backup. I always make sure that I'm planned for what can go wrong in the event that this happens. What am I doing to mitigate that risk? Not only on my side, but my client's side. So that's one of the differentiating factors I think that I have, especially with some of my higher end clients, because when they, when they want a certain outcome, you know, the outcome has to happen. Okay. And sometimes that means by any means necessary. And that means that you have to rely on people who might not be so motivated 
whenever you're dealing with a, a real estate deal, there's a lot of different scenarios that you might run into or encounter. Okay. For example, if you're doing a sales deal, right? You have an attorney. That attorney is deeply involved in the contract and looking at the due diligence and doing all of these different pieces of due diligence to protect your client. Attorneys can also be deal killers, unfortunately. I love attorneys. Most of the attorneys that I work with are excellent. Some of them are deal killers. So what, what you start to notice is like when you're doing deals, like this guy's not, not really pulling their weight over here. So I'm going to talk about a specific example. I had an agent. He works on, he works with me. His name is Steven Marvin. Steven is uh, one of my top producing agents. He literally is crushing. I cannot wait to have him onto this podcast. But he asked me one day, he said, Niall, I, I can't get this deal done. And I said, well, well, why can't you get it done? And he said, well, the reason why I can't get this deal done is because the attorney is not doing their job. And I said, okay, let me ask you one specific question. Is your attorney paid off of retainer? He said, yeah. And I said, okay. So if, my, if he's paid off of retainer, that means he's already been paid. His answer was yes. I go, so are you paid off retainer? And Steven said, uh, no. I go, so you get paid off of commission. So you, get, you only get paid if you close the deal, right? Right? Yes. Okay. So the attorney seems to be just somebody who's like in the way, not doing their deal or just not really motivated. Maybe they got a lot of other things going on and they just met you, Stephen. And they're not too keen just to help you out. So what I said to Stephen was that if you are ever involved in any sort of aspect of any deal, I don't care if you're a referring agent. I don't care if you are a co-listing agent or a joint listing agent or a junior agent on a team that's doing a deal with a buyer. I don't care. But if you are involved, you have to start taking ownership over the deal. You have to be somebody who says, look, no matter what happens, no matter who's not pulling their weight, I'm going to be the quarterback of this deal. And being the quarterback of the deal, to be honest, is not, is not easy. You have to do things that you don't like. I'll give you an example. I was selling an $18 million mansion in Miami during the pandemic. And one of the agents I was doing the deal with was giving me a hard time, specifically because I was a New York broker and I talked fast uh, and kind of steamrolled him. But I, but I did say to him, I said, look, my job's to get the deal done. My, my buyer wants this. So under no circumstances am I not going to get it, including flying, I was in New York at the time, to Miami tonight or tomorrow morning, like I'll come right now to make sure that you understand how serious I am, co-broker. And when you talk to people like that, like there is no chance that this is not going to happen. And if I have to fly to the other side of the world, like in six hours, damn it, I will do that. And I've done that before. Like that's the level of being a quarterback and taking ownership over the deal that I'm going to demand from each and every one of you watching this podcast. Because if you do want to be the best, you're going to start having to act like it. And that means getting serious about every aspect. I do not like when agents, especially junior agents who work for me, start to say things like, oh, the deal didn't work because that broker was an idiot and the mortgage broker wasn't 
And the mortgage broker wasn't, um, in the more, you know what? I think I just figured this out. The mortgage broker wasn't doing their job. Can you believe that? And look, I'm fixing my collar right now. Pretty incredible, but I'm doing my job. Okay. I'm not even, I don't even have a mirror. How do I know that my collar's not working? Because I'm the quarterback of the deal. Actually, thank you very much, Mikey. Mikey, he's the best. And he just gave me a quick heads up that in the middle of my rant, uh, my thing was, was completely off. So thank you, Mikey. I am the uh, ringleader of every single one of my deals and I am the quarterback. And that is the most important thing that, that not only you have to instill for yourself, but that your clients know about you and then other agents know about you as well, including attorneys, mortgage bro brokers, bankers, et cetera. When, when your team knows that you are a serious person and if there's a deal to get had and you're waiting on that inspection report and that inspection report is not in, you are calling the inspector Every five minutes. Hi, is it in now? Uh, sir, we just told you five minutes ago. <laughs> it's not here. Oh, okay. I just thought something had changed. Five minutes later. Hi, it's Niall with Sirhan. Did the inspection come in yet? No. No, it's all, it's the same. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Five minutes later. Hey, it's Niall. Just check it in. <laughs> but like, what I was, what I was taught, also, when I first started in the business, it was like, you have to ask the same question five different ways, but you keep asking the same question. Is the inspection report in? No. Hey, did the inspector complete the report? It's just got to be written up. Like, where, where do we stand with that report? Hey, is it time for my good news? I'm not really asking for the report, but they know I'm Nile and I've called 30 times so far today. So I just say, is it the good news? So I just keep asking the same question different ways. And then they're like, man, this guy is so annoying. And then there's like the thing, it's like squeaky wheels get the grease, right? So if you are a squeaky wheel, generally you get the, the grease. They're going to be like, all right, we're going to shut this wheel up and put all the grease on it so, it so it runs smoothly and there's no squeak. Same thing here. When you keep calling people and you let them know that you are so, so serious, not only about closing the deal, but acting in the best interest of, of your buyer or your seller, that's a reputation that you want to have. That's a reputation that you want to have. Because when you actually live that life and that lifestyle of belt and suspender, I'm in control. I'm the, look, sometimes I might overstep my boundaries because I believe all these things. But at the end of the day, I'd rather overstep my boundaries and say, look, I did a little too much and then pull back versus be like, oh, it's all good. The attorney's just, he's just busy. Well, he'll get to it. Well, let me tell you something. Every day that the attorney's busy is an hour that goes by and every, and time kills deals. So every hour that goes by and you have a deal out that's pending for lease signature or for contract signature, every hour that goes out, more and more things can happen. The stock market could crash. I don't know. The crypto market could crash. Everything could crash. I don't know. They could all go uh, parabolic in the other way. Fact is, is that nobody has a crystal ball. So we have to act right now as if this is everything and to push it forward. Oftentimes when I'm in, when I'm involved in deals, I might just like pop into a deal and just like write an email. Like, where do we stand? Even though I'm not on the deal, somebody else on my team is doing the deal. I'll just write to like the whole group, like, where do we stand? And someone might be like, oh, like, why is he doing that? He's not paying attention to every aspect of the deal. Oh, I'm... <laughs> I'm paying attention to every aspect of the deal. I'm just asking to see where you are with the deal. Where do you stand? And if you don't get back to me within an hour, I'm calling you and saying, hey, just following up. 
Just following up. What? Oh, so you're ready. So we're going to sign it now. Let's get that done now. Probably not a good thing to leave a $4 million contract out, right? Let's just sign that. Okay, call me back when the wire's done. And I mean, call me back like within the next five minutes and give me an update every two minutes in between, please. Thank you. But it's that level of constant communication that is going to be super critical. For example, if you're doing a rental deal, this is another example. If you're doing a rental deal, a lot of times when you do rental deals, there might be, let's just say three roommates. It's a three bed, right? But those three bed roommates might be working at, you know, one of the big banks when they first get out of college. But all of them, and they're, they don't have, you know, enough money for 40 times the rent. In order to qualify on a rental in New York City, you have to have 40 times the monthly rent in terms of annual income, okay? And if there's three roommates, you would just add up all of their, all of their income. Oftentimes, they don't count bonuses. So it's just income, okay? So let's just say all these three girls that I'm working with, their income goes to about 30 times the monthly rent. So in that situation, they would need a guarantor, okay? So what I mean by being a ringleader is exactly this story. Three girls, three guarantors. How many people? Six. How many conversations do you need to have? Most agents think that they have one call. Well, Jenny's my one girl. She's my connect. Okay, so Jenny just graduated from college. She's getting a job at a bank. She's got a lot going on. She's not too in, interested in like running point on a real estate deal, although she'll tell you she is, okay? So then you start normal agent, normal agent, just talking to Jenny, and then Jenny goes and, you know, he has a call and like she kind of gets it and then tells her two roommates, but like they're not totally clear and like she didn't explain it right and they don't really understand the fee conversation. And then their moms come and then you meet them and then you go out to show them and they don't have their paperwork together. The moms are not prepared with what they need to have. They like something. They try to apply. It's a total shit show. Then they get their paperwork ready. The apartment's already gone. And everyone's looking at you like, what the hell did you do? Well, aren't you supposed to like do, how, why are you not doing this? And then you're the real estate agent like, uh-oh. How many agents have been in that situation? If you have been in that situation, take a moment, write in the comment section below because it's something that a lot of people, you know, have happened. Because they're just not taking the time to play quarterback. You know, I just love the word quarterback. As I mentioned, I played college football. Here's a picture of me uh, playing college football. And Mikey, can we also throw up another picture of me playing quarterback in um, high school? Can we do that right here? Okay, so we got some fun pictures of me. <laughs> yeah, I was crazy. I also had a mohawk. Don't worry. Pretty funny. <clears throat> um, so most people, and I... I really love the fact that we, look, I, I had a mohawk back in college. Pretty funny, huh? I, I like the mohawk look. I'm bald right now. They call me Mr. Clean. Totally cool. Um, but if you're the quarterback, this is what I would do if you're the quarterback. Is, you guys ready? If you want, pull out a pad, pull out a paper, take notes on this. This is basically how you do deals. It's not hard. It's hilarious. You guys ready? Just make it a game, okay? So we have three girls, three guarantors, okay? This is how the situation comes. Jenny calls you. You call Jenny. You have a 20-minute conversation with Jenny, okay? You prep her on everything. Then at the end of the call, you say, okay, Jenny, this is what's going to happen. Do you think you can get your other two friends here on, just, can we just loop them all in now? You have, you have time? Let's just loop everyone in. I want them all to be read in on this situation. Just make sure we're all, we're all getting in at the same time. Now, that's ideal. If you could have a quick conversation with the person that you're talking with, and then loop everybody in together. 
That's an ideal scenario, but likely how it's going to play out is everyone's got their own lives. You're going to have to have one-on-one conversations. So this is what it would look like. It's what time is it right now? It's about one o'clock. Okay. So what I would do from one to one fifteen is I would call. This is where the time and effort comes in. You have to really put effort in. This isn't just like, oh, I just call and show apartments. Like you need to call girl number one, call Jenny. Excuse me. After you speak to Jenny, you call her roommate, roommate number two. Then you call roommate number three. Each one of those calls is between 15 and 25 minutes. We're asking them about what they want, even though it's not really what they want, it's what they can get, right? It's Manhattan. So you ask them those questions. You also educate them on the market. OPs, owner pays, collect your own fee. Is this a fee? Is it a full fee? Is it a half month? Is it a full month? Is it a 15% fee? Why is it 15% fee, but this one's no fee? And you have to explain that to your clients. Because if you don't explain it, it's just going to be a big problem down the line. Oh, why is it? Why is my, why do you, we are paying, why are we paying you $10,000? I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. I'm from Tennessee. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know why? Because nobody explained it to you. And now you're just getting slammed with a bill for 10 grand. If you want to have the service of a real estate agent, you would expect that the real estate agent would, would like outline what's going on, right? Most people don't do that. Oh, you, you want to see an apartment? Okay, great. I'll show you that one. No. Slow down, people. So first, phone call with Jenny, roommate one, roommate two. By the way, it's about 145 now. So about 45 minutes here of, of, of speaking to these three girls. When you speak to those three girls, the next piece of information is when you speak to Jenny, you're getting Jenny's mom's cell phone number. You're getting Jenny's mom's email number. Then you're getting roommate two's cell phone number, email number. Roommate three's mom's cell phone number, email number. Now what you have is a little bit of a database of everybody who's involved in the deal. So from 115, excuse me, from 1 to 145, you've had three conversations. You've gotten more numbers and emails to follow up with. So then you start the next part, which is educating each one of those guarantors. And then you say, hey, guarantor, my name is Niall. I've been dealing with Jenny. She's great. We found an amazing place. Just wanted to loop you in on that. So this is what, it's, what, it, what it takes. And we talk about the rents and things that you need, for example, paperwork, pay stubs, photo ID, letter of employment, letter from your CPA, all those amazing and super fun things to talk to guarantors about. You have to talk to the guarantors about. Then you go through that guarantor. Okay, now it's about two o'clock. Now about from two to 2.15, you dial the next guarantor. And that's where you explain everything. And then from 2.15 to 2.30, you're now explaining to that guarantor. Once you've explained to the three girls, all the roommates, and then the three guarantors in this particular scenario, and it varies. Once you speak to six different people, then and only then are you going to send a follow-up email to all of the girls with all of the guarantors on it, okay? Now what you're doing is you're looping everybody together. So you're having individual conversations with everybody about the deals, and then you're looping everybody together in a big email and saying, hey, Jenny, hey, Jenny's mom, hey, roommate one, two, three, all moms, et cetera. Just wanted to introduce myself. Just had fantastic conversation with each and every one of you, making sure that all of your questions are directly addressed to the best of my ability, okay? Now, because of that, and you guys are all looped in, I'm going to summarize what we spoke about. So, right, you first you explain to the three, you explain to the guarantors, then you loop together, summarizing everything you've spoken with everybody. 
so that there's no questions, there's no confusions. Then at the end of your summary, you say, if there's any questions or confusions, do not hesitate to email, call, text, all three, email, call, text, at any given point, and I am here for you. What that hour and a half does is it allows you to demonstrate, number one, that you're the expert. Number two, that you have control over the deal and the people involved in the deal. If you don't talk to guarantor one, guarantor two, and guarantor three, and you just talk to Jenny, when guarantor one and two come into the picture, believe me, everything that you thought about that deal that was good is now no good because they're not looped in. What is this fee? Who's this commission going to? You're with Sirhant. Why is Corcoran involved? Who's Corcoran? What's that? Is that Shark Tank? These are the questions that, that come to me and come to us when you're not prepared and you do not play quarterback. Yeah, you could play wide receiver. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Oh, I did a deal. I didn't do a deal. When you play a quarterback, you are the cause of your success and you are also the cause of your failure. And if you do fail, that's okay. By the way, I fail more than I succeed. I just take every failure as a learning experience. And then I try not to let that happen again. Sometimes it does. That's okay. I'm human. But I just try and get a little bit better every single time, have a short memory and also not beat myself up. Um, let's see. Yeah. I, if your client wants it, what's next? Okay. So my other thing was like, if your client wants it, what's next? So like you, you have the, you have the clients, you follow up with them, you have all the calls, right? Then you send the follow-up email to everybody involved. Then likely after you do that, you, you start fielding their paperwork. They're going to give you the paperwork. You're going to have it organized. Then you're going to say, okay, let's say everyone's coming to town on Saturday to look at apartments. Fantastic. On Friday, we're going to be calling and texting and emailing everybody to make sure that we're all totally confirmed. Once that's good and you're confirmed, you're going to do it again in the morning. Hey, just double checking. Here's where we're going to meet at send the Google. By the way, don't write the address in the text message. Go to Google Maps, type the address in, make sure the address is correct, and then share the Google, Google Maps uh, location via Maps. Because I've sent, hey, I'm, I'm on North 4th Street, 70, you know, this building or that I represent is a Lewis Steel building, 76 North 4th Street. Um, I had a friend meeting me there one time to see some apartments. They were down in um, like uh, Bensonhurst, like on North something down, all the way down. So uh, yeah, I learned that lesson. So just for like new agents, like it's very important because there could be AKA addresses. It might be in Manhattan. It might be in Brooklyn. So to be very, very specific with that. Um, when your clients like it, they say, all right, great. You start having a conversation with one, two, three, all three girls really like it. Okay, fantastic. We have your paperwork already. Great. Now let's get the, let's get your guarantors on the line. So I could call, but if I'm with them, I might just say, Hey Jenny, call your mom right now. Right. Call her right now. Okay. She'll say, Hey mom, I found the place I like. Okay, great. Hey, how you doing? And then you take the phone and then you have a conversation because there's a bit of authority when you're the one taking control. If it's just Jenny running point with Jenny's mom and her two friends' moms, it's just going to be a lot. That's why you're there. When you're the real estate agent in a rental deal like this, like your total and only job is to be the person to, who communicates. Why am I a good real estate agent? Well, because I just play quarterback and I just communicate really well to people. Hey, this is what's going on. Hey, and by the way, sometimes the best communicators communicate no updates. 
Like I might write to somebody, hey, just checking in, just want to let you know that we actually have zero updates right now, but I'm moving the process along. And the second that I do, I'm going to get it to you over immediately. So I think these um, are some of like the most basic concepts. And I think, I, I think the stories help outline exactly why you need to be a ringleader and to be the quarterback who says, okay, this is the play we're running right now. There's no way you could do a deal with three tenants and three guarantors, six total people, if you're just talking to one person. It just doesn't work like that. If you're the quarterback, you're literally calling the huddle, okay? And then you're saying, okay, this is the play, guys. Ready? On two. Ready? Break. And then you go. You can't just walk up to the line and just, you know, tell the running back, hey, this is the play we're going to run, but then not tell anybody else. And then the, hike the ball and then give the ball to the back. And all the linemen are like, wait, what? And then the guy gets sacked. That's what you're doing if you are not communicating and not setting yourself up to be the quarterback of the deal. You are involved in every aspect of it. The paperwork, the conversations, the intro conversations, the getting to know them, the, 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 the paperwork conversations, the negotiations, the offers, the follow-ups. Every time you have a conversation with somebody, you follow it up with an email. Hey, John, these are the three things that we discussed. One, two, three. People are not reading paragraphs of your verbose language. Bullet points. Real quick. Boom, boom, boom. This is it. Boom, boom, boom. No update. Boom. But you're touching base with them. It's that aspect. It's the, it's the process of touching base that maintains you as the expert and as the authority to the deal. And if you are the authority to the deal... When it's time to sign, people listen to you because you've earned it. And if you want to be a very, very, very high performing and top producing agent, you have to master this. You have to say to yourself, look, every deal, whether I win the deal or I lose the deal, it rests in my arms and it's up to me. Look, some things are totally out of your control. But as long as you do everything that's within your control, as long as you do everything that is within your control and you ping everybody along the way, I guarantee your business is going to double. I mean, it's very, very basic. It's just taking ownership over exactly what you're doing and what you're doing is bringing in revenue and earning income with a service of providing real estate services. Okay. And once you can learn how to do that and actually be the quarterback of your own deal, you are going to be absolutely unstoppable. And people are going to notice and you're going to get a reputation. And people are going to know, okay, when Niall's calling, he means business because he's not wasting his time calling me. He's calling me because he knows. And I should take notice. Okay, thank you so much for checking out the Broker That Never Sleeps podcast. I really appreciate you for watching. Please do hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and do not forget to bang that notification bell because that will notify you whenever I drop brand new content. Again, Niall Lundgren. I'm on all the social media platforms at Niall Lundgren. Just check me out. You're on my YouTube right now. Thank you so much. I love it if you got, gave me a like, another subscribe, and that notification bell would be absolutely amazing. If you could share this too, I would truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And all the comments that you left today, I'm going to be sure to get in there and uh, respond within a uh, pretty reasonable time. So thank you so much. We'll check you soon on the next episode of The Broker That Never Sleeps podcast.